Last year when I was in Istanbul, I met a guide who showed me and my friends around various places of interest. And while talking about some jewels missing from a stone pillar, he said, "You know what? My mentor told me, son, if you find any of your belongings ever missing, don't go to the police, but drop in at some of the British museums. You will definitely find it there." <laughs> Well, the British took things away from India too, but did they leave as well something precious behind for us? Welcome to my podcast Art Beyond Canvas. If you like my podcast, click the bell icon and follow me. In the lighter vein, yes, British did take loads of precious antiquity away from its colonies. We all are aware that most of the original scriptures and manuscripts as well as artifacts had been taken by the British back to their homeland. The first thing that pops up in our mind as Indians is the Kohinoor diamond, of course, but there are much more. For example, the oldest Jain manuscripts, more than a hundred miniatures of Babar Nama, the illustrated manuscript of Akbar Nama. Even the oldest of the Bhagavad Gita manuscript was supposedly in England, but uh, now its whereabouts is a mystery. Some oldest of the Buddhist manuscripts too reside in Britain. The first British governor of Bengal who established British East India Company, Robert Clive, transferred 250 million pounds in two days' money to the headquarters as the spoil of conquest. His personal worth made him the richest man in Europe. Of course, his death was not as glamorous as his wealth. He was back home in England, flushed with wealth. One evening, while playing cards with his wife, his secretary, and the secretary's wife, he left the drawing room abruptly on the pretext of visiting the water closet. After a long wait for his return, when the wife went to find out where her husband was, she found. the man lying in a pool of blood with his throat slit well the spirits of the 10 million men and women dead during the bengal famine did not come back to take their revenge against the architect of the famine clive took his life himself ah well clive died but his loot remained in britain Besides all that statistics in public domain says that during the time of Aurangzeb India's share of world economy was 27% whereas it dropped to 3% of global share when British left India in the year 1947 Now after talking about all that was taken away let us look at what the British gave us The Archaeological Survey of India was founded by the British who wanted to explore the past of the subcontinent and this eventually led to the discovery of one of the oldest civilizations in the world. Of course, Harappa and Mohenjo-daro were unearthed by archaeologist Rakhaldas Bandopadhyay, but he was part of the Archaeological Survey of India. Had it not been found, Indians would never have known their route. As I explained in my earlier episode the emperor Ashoka and the Buddhist route almost disappeared from the history until a British official of East India Company questioned the identity of the pillars known at the time as Bhimki Lat 
we would have never known about the ashoka pillars at all of course the first translation of upanishads happened in persian on the behest of the great grandson of akbar dara shikoi but it was later translated into english in 1805 by the british sanskrit scholar henry thomas colebrook hence the upanishads too came into the public domain of study due to the british well the british created the elaborate railway network of the country as well as the postal system no denying that they did it to serve their own purpose of control and commercial return but in the end they did lay the foundation of an extensive network of connection in the vast landmass now as for our primary area of interest art we must say that in absence of the british we might have remained stuck at mughal art the advent of european academic style shook the foundation of the art forms of india artists like ravi verma came to existence and later when eb havel arrived in kolkata as the head of government art college in early 20th century he was alarmed by the spirit of embracing the western style at the cost of the original heritage of the country remember he was not an indian but a british he acquired loads of mughal paintings for that purpose to manage the funds he sold off the large collection of european artworks and to face the stiff criticism of the students and the press he asked for help from the tagore family that was the epicenter of the nationalist spirit in the east this eventually gave birth to bengal school we shall explore what happened next in the indian scene but at the moment i feel we should reflect back a little on the big question mark about the role of the british in indian history it is up to my listeners to decide if they stripped the country of its riches or left priceless contributions behind too in terms of art infrastructure and literature